right. We are in our series, The Struggle is Real, and tonight we're talking about family. And I don't think I'm the only one in the room that says sometimes family can be a struggle. I'm going to start by, if I could get like maybe light, the third bank of lights or some just a tiny little bit of light in here just for a minute, that would be awesome. Um, I'm going to be making some statements about this past week, okay, just since last chaos. And if what I say, the statement I make is true for you, I just want you to give me a thumbs up. And if it is false for you, a thumbs down, okay? All right, so here we go. Here's the first one. I have had fun with at least one family member this past week. True or false? Okay, and if you don't see your family, that probably doesn't count. I'm sorry. Okay, next one. I have had at least one argument with a family member this past week. True or false? Okay. All right, next one. I tend, in this past week, I have tended to have conflict with the same person in my family. True or false? Okay. Here's the next one. I feel completely loved and accepted by my family. True or false? And changes for some people. I'm seeing that. Okay, next one. In this past week, I have felt misunderstood or misjudged by my family. True or false? Okay. All right. Next one. One of my family members knows me better than anyone else on the planet. True or false? I heard somebody say mom. That does my heart good. Yeah. Okay, good. Here's the next one. This one's a little different. In this past week, I think my family has felt loved and accepted by me. True or false? Okay. All right, two left. Next one, this past week, I have been so upset with at least one person in my family that I either cried or hit something. True or false? Okay. All right, last one. The very last one. Truth be told, sometimes I wish I was part of a completely different family. True or false? Or sometimes, maybe. All right. All right, we can have the lights back down. We don't need them for a little bit yet, but thanks, you guys. Um, so clearly, clearly, if we are, we're honest with ourselves, family is a struggle when they're just not perfect, right? Okay. There's so much energy. It's awesome. Save that for discussion in small groups, okay? Um, so when Kelly Logan and I began to discuss the series that we're in right now about the struggle being real, the very first thing that popped into my head that was a struggle was family. No matter how much we love our families, they're difficult at times, right? Our families aren't perfect, and neither was Jay's. Jay's mom found out she was pregnant with him before she was married, and when she told her fiancé, he considered breaking off the engagement, but because he loved her, he ended up staying with her. When Jay was born, his parents were homeless, and by the time he was two years old, his family had become refugees running away from law enforcement. And they lived in that state for several years, avoiding the law, until his family um, moved closer to home and life. Life seemed a little more normal until his family went on a vacation trip and they lost him. He was part of a blended family, so he knew what it was to have to get along with half-brothers and sisters. 
And later on in his life, actually, his half-brothers thought he was crazy. That's kind of what they thought of him. Now, do you recognize whose family I'm talking about? Yeah, Jesus' family. Um, we're going to look at a snapshot of his life, and now we're going to need the lights again. I'm sorry, Logan, to make you keep running back and forth. Um, we're going to look in Luke chapter 2, and that is in the second half of your Bibles. So go ahead and open up to Luke chapter 2, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke. It's the third of the Gospels. Second half of the Bible in the New Testament. Don't be afraid to use the table of context um, if you need it. Otherwise, it's on page 592. 592 is the page number. The reference is Luke 2. <clears throat> and we're going to start at verse 41. And so I would just ask that you follow along while I read it for us. And when it says his, it means Jesus is Jesus. So now his parents, Jesus' parents, went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances, and when they could not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw them, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. Okay, translation in my family would have been, what in the world do you think you were doing? And probably some other things that I shouldn't say right now. Um, and he said to them, Jesus handled it much better, so did his parents, than my family would have. So Jesus said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So Jesus is 12 years old. For some of you in this room, he's exactly your age, right? Or 12 is not that far in the rearview mirror. You can remember it from here, right? So he travels with his family to the Passover celebration in Jerusalem. That was a big deal. After the celebration is over, his family leaves, assuming that he's traveling with their group of friends and relatives. They travel for a full day before they realize Jesus is not with them. Okay, that's a parental oops, right? Have you ever been left somewhere by your family before? Yeah, okay, tell that, save that story for small group. Have they ever forgotten to pick you up? Yes, okay, that's another story for small group. We're not going to share it here right now. I'm sad to say... My husband and I only have two children to keep track of, and at one point or another, both of them have stories to tell about being the special preschool cleanup helper after all the other kids have gone home, because Brad or I forgot to pick them up when we were supposed to and we're running late. It turns out Jesus also knows what it's like to be forgotten, and it took Jesus' parents three days to find him. Can you imagine if your parents were looking, you, looking for you for three days, how angry they'd be? How worried they'd be. 
Then when they find him, he's calmly sitting in the temple, listening to the teachers and asking them questions. And from what we see in verse 47, when it says, sorry, just a second here. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. From that verse, it tells us that all who heard him were amazed because he was demonstrating his understanding at some of the questions as well. Then his parents see him and his mother scolds him for making them worry. But respectfully, he reminds them of his true mission, which was to be about his father's business. And then we see the verses I really want us to spend some time with tonight, and that's verses 50 to 52. And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. You are not the only ones to be misunderstood sometimes by your families. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. That means he placed himself under their authority. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus' family was far from perfect. He was often misunderstood and judged incorrectly. His mom scolded him when he was doing what he was supposed to be in terms of pursuing his heavenly father's business. His mom later on at a wedding in Cana after Jesus was a grown adult tried to tell him what he needed to do. And then later on in life, his half-brothers, until they came to faith in him, thought he was nuts. He was misunderstood and judged incorrectly, but Jesus still loved and honored his family, and he grew in all areas. Now, some of us in this room deal with difficult family situations. Maybe we're feeling misjudged or misunderstood. Maybe the reality of divorce has been pushed upon us, and we didn't want that. Nobody ever wants that, but we're having to deal with it, and it's hard. Maybe it seems like all our family ever does is fight. Maybe we're struggling to navigate step-family situations that we didn't ask for and nobody asked us if we wanted them, but still somehow now they're in our lives. Maybe some of us in this room, our families are struggling with health issues that are making life difficult. Or maybe loneliness. I remember going through a time in 8th and ninth grade when even though I was surrounded by friends and family who I appear knew loved me and cared about me, I felt so lonely and misunderstood and unaccepted. Not by my friends, but by my family. And I would think, hey, these are the people that are supposed to be here for me and know me the best of anybody and love me more than anybody else, and I don't feel like I belong. And I felt like my friends knew me way better than my family did. Even in the easiest of family situations, there are always going to be challenges because we live in a sinful and broken world. And our sin encounters the sin of our parents and siblings, and it produces pain and hurt and conflict. The family struggle is real. Family, which is so sad because when God created family, he designed it to be an enormous blessing. But instead, because of the fall, it causes pain and difficulties. And it does so because it's made up of imperfect human beings. The very thing that was meant to be a nurturing, discipling haven of safety for us to grow up in has been broken to the point where for most of us as adults, we can point back to our family of origin as the source of some of our deepest wounds. Divorce, adultery, selfishness, self-centeredness, anger, depression. Family was originally meant to be a perfect unit, but it's been broken by sin. And what can we do? Each of us sitting in this room, we're only like one little part of our family, right? But I think we can learn from Jesus and from how he treated his family.
Here's where our verses come in that I wanted us to focus on. We see that even though it wasn't easy, even though Jesus was misunderstood and misjudged, even though he was God and he was put in the care of a frail and human and imperfect family, he submitted to the authority of his parents. Verse 51 tells us that. And verse 52 tells us that Jesus grew in all these areas, in wisdom. In other words, he was growing intellectually, but he was also, also growing ethically in making wise choices. He grew in stature. That's easy. You guys are all doing that. You're growing up physically more and more every day. And he grew in favor with God. That's his spiritual life. He was growing to know God better and display that growth. And he was growing in favor with men, with other people. He was growing socially. Quick side note here, um, you guys are at an age where you're going to be able, you're, you are able to not depend anymore on your parents for their, their spiritual walk. I mean, you're old enough to make decisions about your own spiritual walk. Jesus didn't depend on his parents for his spiritual growth. He sought it out on his own, and you can do the same. The fact that he found, was found in the temple in Jerusalem bears witness to the fact that he was trying to grow. What about you? If someone was asked, if you're seeking to grow spiritually, what would they say? Is it true of you, or are you depending on your parents' faith to kind of carry you through? Are you practicing growing in wisdom by making right choices? Are you applying the knowledge you've learned? I think looking at Jesus' family and how he treated them can teach us some ways to deal with the struggles that we face with our own families. First, Jesus didn't try to change his family members. When they got home from the temple, he didn't go, okay, Mary Joseph, I just need to sit you down and just tell you, okay, first of all, you should have checked for me before you even left, right? He didn't coach them. He accepted them. He, he accepted them and submitted to them. So begin by accepting your family members for who they are. I made a mistake when I was your age, and a little bit beyond, I'm ashamed to say, of carrying around this picture in my head of what a perfect family should look like. Like, they should never fight. They should always have fun. They, they should just, like, be laughing all the time and just having a blast and enjoying each other. And I just had this picture, like, the mom should be super cool, the dad should be super fun and funny, but not embarrassingly so. And, and then my sister should be, like, a perfect listener, right? Well, my family didn't measure up to this perfect image I had of what our family should be. And by constantly critiquing them and comparing them to what I thought my family should be, I wasted precious moments with those people that God had blessed me graciously with. I needed to accept them. Were they perfect? Of course not. But neither am I. How are you doing at accepting your family members just the way they are? Second, Jesus submitted to the authority of his parents. He respected them. He placed himself under their authority. Think about that. I don't know if your parents have ever said, well, you just really think like you know more than I do, don't you? Well, Jesus really did know more than his parents knew because he's God, but he still submitted to them. How are you doing at submitting to your parents' authority? That's tricky, I know. How are you doing at respecting them simply because they're your parents? Third, Jesus served and loved his family. One clear example of this that we're going to talk about in a few weeks in churches is um, when Jesus was on the cross and he looked down and he saw his, one of his best friends and disciples, John, and he saw his mom standing there at the foot of the cross. He took out some painful time on that cross to look at them and to say, take care of each other. 
He took care of his mom and his best friend by telling them to be there for each other. How are you doing at showing love to your family members? How are you doing at serving them? One concrete way you can serve them is by praying for them. And no matter how challenging your family situation is, prayer is an infinitely powerful tool to bring about positive change. I cannot stress that enough. So I challenge you right now, if you have a phone that has like daily or reminder feature on it, which anybody that has an Apple product, it has that. Um, so pull out your phone. Pull out, if you've got one, I'm sorry for those of you that don't. And you don't have to talk during this part. I would just challenge you to set a daily reminder to pray for your family. It does not need to take an hour a day. It could be three minutes. But commit to praying for your family members. If you don't have reminders, you might just write it on your hand or something later. I don't know. But I would challenge you to commit to praying for your family members every day for the next three weeks and see what change that doesn't bring about in you and in them. And then when that reminder pops to your phone every day or you glance down where you've written it on your hand, pray for them. Then during those struggle moments or when you sense a struggle moment is coming, stop first to pray and ask Jesus to help you love and serve your family. It's not easy. Family is difficult because they're not perfect and neither are we. But with God's help, we can contribute to making our families better than they are. We're going to watch a short video about what prayer really is because I think there's sometimes some confusion about it. And I'd ask you to really pay attention and listen to this video. And then I'm going to come back with an assignment for you. What is prayer? Stale tradition? Ritual? A good luck charm? Part of some religious checklist? Done to appease a higher being so we can get what we want? or at least avoid the lightning bolt. Prayer has been redefined and twisted and confused, but at its essence, prayer is simply talking to God, the God who spoke the universe into creation, who gives us life and breath, who holds all things together. This God wants us to talk to him in the vastness of all that exists, he actually cares about us, personally, individually. How can we not pray to such a loving God, wherever we are? How can we not thank him for what he's done, or cry out when we need help, when we need forgiveness, when we're afraid, when we give thanks for our blessing or question where our next meal will come from? Why would we live a life apart from Him? It's not about formula. How could any posture or well-chosen word impress the author of time and space? It's simple obedience. God has made Himself available to us. He wants to hear from us. He wants us to trust in Him, to acknowledge our dependence on Him, to draw near to the one who loved us first. Approaching with confidence, because Christ has torn away the veil. He's washed away the sin that kept us from his presence. And we live in relationship with our Lord. And so we ask that his kingdom come, 
His will be done on earth and in our lives as it is in heaven. That is prayer. Yeah, that, I mean, it's talking to the one who loves you more than anyone else and knows you better than anyone else and has gone farther to prove that love than anyone else. And so we're going to take some time right now to pray. Um, Maybe as I've been sharing tonight, God has brought to mind things that you need to ask forgiveness for. Maybe you haven't been respectful to your parents. Maybe you've spoken harshly to them. Maybe you've refused to submit to their authority in your lives. Perhaps you've been wanting to meet, wanting your family to meet your needs without thinking about meeting theirs, without aiming to serve or love them. Maybe you've had some family struggles that you just need to lay at Jesus' feet because they're just too heavy for you to carry right now. And take this time to talk with him about that. Maybe your family's doing okay, but one of your friends isn't. Take time to lift up your friend's family and pray for them. With Jesus' help, we can follow his example for family and accept the people he's given us to love. Love and respect them and look for ways to serve them, like praying for them. So let's take this time to talk to God about our family. Family struggles are real, and we need God's help. And I just one final little thought. Some of you in this room deal with situations in your family I have no clue about. They're just not even close to what God wants for you. And I just want you to know that there is a Father in heaven who wants to be your parent if your parents aren't able to be your parent in the way you need them to be. And if you want to know more about that, your small group leaders, Kelly, Logan, um, Brooke, and I can talk to you about it after. Let's use this time to talk to God.